It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Happy Sunday to you. All right, John Schuster and I are talking about athletic directors, past four athletic directors at the U of A, handing out grades, breaking it all down. We uh, went through Cedric Dempsey. We all agree that he gets an A+. Plus. He did That's a very decent. Good job. Yeah, it's probably solid. We broke down, and hopefully you were listening to the Saturday one, because we're now about to uh, talk about the tail end of the Jim Livengood era, and then we're going to get into Greg Byrne and Dave Heakey. Um, we talked about uh, Dick Tomey. The Lute Olsen one is what... Well, I've softened my stance on how Live and Good handled the uh, Olsen situation uh, at the end, and I think you're a big reason why here. Now, just to remember, Lute Olsen, towards the end, and you could you could tell the program po- after 2005 was slipping. I mean, mm-hmm. you're still yeah. decent, but it, was, it wasn't the same. And Olsen, you could clearly tell, wasn't the same. He had a much harder time engaging. It just... And so... My my problem wasn't all wasn't that that you needed to you needed to have a chain of command or a, a succession in order. My problem is you look at this and you say, okay, you know what I'm going to do here, and this is coming from somebody who likes this person personally. Here's how we're going to stabilize things. We're going to bring in Kevin O'Neill, who has been fired from the previous four places unceremoniously. Was this just a case of you had a couple alumni telling you you should do this who remembered KO as a different guy back in the early 90s and you said, okay, that'll placate that? Is that essentially what he tried to do? It's hard to fathom that it was anything else. You know, it, it's it's it, it, and it feels like you had to have those, uh, you had to have somebody in your ear with influence who would suggest that that was a good idea based on his track right. record. Consider, and here's another guy who you like as well, uh, somebody else who was a non-player at that position was Jim Rosborough, mm-hmm. who thought he probably was going to be, yeah. you know, in the, you mm-hmm. know, if he if he served his time, he was going to get a second chance as a head coach yeah. as great, mm-hmm. as a, at a great position. Which a lot of times a generally lot of, happens. And a lot of the Rosborough stuff behind the scenes got messy during that window, too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff to unpack and it, navigate during Jim that. Jim Rosborough, I'll, I'll just put it to you like this. Jim Rosborough was done kind of dirty. That, yes. Yes. Let's, let's just be yes. honest. Yes. Uh-huh. And there was, a, there, there, there was a lot that involved the second wife and other domestic things behind the scenes mm-hmm. that uh, created instability. Right. Whereas Bobby Olson provided a lot and a, a remarkable amount of stability. Right. Uh, and, and, and so that dynamic came dangerously close to putting Arizona in a bad spot mm-hmm. i think i think you could favorably you know it, it, it the weird thing is that there, there, there's a lot of what ifs that goes on with you know stuff like this there arizona basketball there's a definite crossroads right. here there's a lot of what could have been it could have been 
uh, Kevin O'Neill, right. who at one point mm-hmm. was ordained as the replacement for Olsen. Right. He was, that was, I think Good said that. Right. Good said that publicly. Mm-hmm. He was, O'Neill was going to be the next head coach at the University of Arizona. So you could have gone in that direction. You could have gone in the Rosborough direction. Mm-hmm. Now, Rosborough is a very good assistant coach who struggled in his one head coaching position, who right. probably isn't, pro- probably is a lie, he didn't provide the excitement as yeah. the heir apparent uh, in, that, mm-hmm. in, in that program. For that sure. probably was a problem. So they hire Russ Pennell, who yeah. was almost like, well, was a concern because he, there, there was a lot of thought that he was Ben Lindsay 2.0. Right. Um, now he wasn't. Right. Pennell stabilized, to his credit, stabilized something. You want to talk about a guy on the basketball front who's just been screwed over and over and over and over and over and over again for, for no reason. For, and it seems like a no nice fault, guy. At like, no fault of his own. Right. It's Russ Pennell. Right, for sure. Uh, who, and, and Arizona did it. Grand Canyon did it. I mean, and, and he's got a pretty good record. Right. I think, I, I, think, I, I think Central Arkansas, which I believe was his school, one of the directional right. Arkansas schools, I might have it wrong, uh, bailed on him after a while, too. Right. Uh, so so it would be, it'd be frustrating for, it'd be interesting, you know, unfiltered mm-hmm. to listen to what Russ, Russ Pennell thought. Really say, right, exactly. Yeah. But, so, but those are those are the options you're talking about. Right. Legitimate possible mm-hmm. options and at one point people who are running programs. Right. Okay? O'Neal was a head coach here for a year. Pennell was a head coach here for a right. year. There's a possibility you could have gone down that road. And then it got muddy with all the Sean Miller stuff because Miller, like Olson with Dempsey, turned that job down right. and was smart to turn that job down because he, he he played Arizona to make more money. And what you got to – and here's where we're, we're, we'll, we'll kind of finalize here, Jim Livengood, and move on. But you got to give Livengood – you and I aren't big, huge Sean Miller guys, but you got to give Livengood credit for that hire because Sean Miller, no matter what you think about him, and you make this point all the time, it's a great point, he made Arizona a two-coach school. Yes, he didn't get to the Final Four, but if you could do everything with – Everything up to getting to the Final Four, he did that. The three Elite Eights, Arizona was number one multiple times. He stabilized Arizona basketball in a way that I think probably made it more appealing for maybe a guy like Tommy Lloyd. He essentially assured that Arizona wouldn't be Georgetown, wouldn't be UNLV, wouldn't be Maryland. So you got to give you got to give Live and Good a lot of credit on that hire. Now, let's move on to Greg Byrne. First of all, though, I want to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. Mike, I hear about this all the time. Why do you keep telling me? Because it's good. You put in five bucks, you get $150 in free plays, John Schuster. That simple, that easy. Why wouldn't you do it? New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. All right. Greg Byrne comes in. He comes in with his... Uh, he Greg Byrne was basically preordained to be an athletic director. His father was the athletic director at Nebraska during the heyday in the 90s. He's seen everything up close. You watch Greg Byrne, you can tell he's a really sharp guy. First thing he does when he comes in, or one of the first things, is, and this is something we're live and good, I think, struggled, is that he looked at the athletic facilities and he said, these just aren't good enough. And the difference between when Greg Byrne took over the athletic or athletic department when he left from a facilities perspective is absolutely, it's amazing. It, it, it's a 180 right there. So, and he certainly got that. His first big hire too, you know, you look at it, Rich Rod, in hindsight, Rich Rod wasn't a bad hire at all. Not at all. I mean, Rich Rod, 
They had one bad season, obviously, the three and nine year, but Arizona was never a joke. He made won a Pac-12 South title. Um, I think at the end, Rich Rod was I think Rich Rod probably he's got some probably got some issues. And uh, it was probably time to move on from him. But at the time... I actually think that the issues were the least of the reason for moving on. The lack of a willingness to ultimately recruit was the much bigger problem well, behind this. For, for sure. And that, and that was a massive problem because sooner or later, you can't just out-scheme people. You need to have good mm. players. But overall, you look at the Rich Rod tenure, and I don't think knowing where Arizona football is, that that's really, uh, that's really a problem. Um, the problem, I think, when you, look at, when you look at Greg Byrne and you could say, well... Um, you know, that uh, he, he didn't have control over this, whatever the case may be. The problem is, is that people were getting into trouble and the people were getting into trouble consistently. Orlando Bradford, um, everybody knows about that. Then you got the track coach, Craig Carter. Then you've got Elliot Pitts. We'll revisit Elliot Pitts there in a second. These are things that you, you can, it can happen once. You can't keep having these things happen, though, in the course of a year and a half over multiple athletic programs. Yeah, and this is this the the good for about Greg Byrne. Mm-hmm. Whereas Live and Good was a really good family guy, he wasn't a good booster sales guy. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Leave It to Beaver thing was was a good working environment inside the athletic program. It didn't wow the boosters at all. Right. Byrne was the corporate guy who came in and said Arizona Athletics is big time. Right. Okay. And that and that played to boosters with money. Sure. Consider Arizona is a school with a crap load of money mm-hmm. and a crap load of boosters who make a who make lot a ton of money. There's really no reason money. that they're. It right. is. It is. It is a step because you think, oh, it must be UCLA, it must be USC, probably some of the Ivy League schools. Obviously, the SEC's got a bunch of money, this mm-hmm. oil money in Texas or whatever. Arizona, from a booster standpoint, can favorably rank with any booster dollar for dollar in the country. Right. Arizona's got money. Right. The boosters at this program have money. Right. Byrne recognized that. Mm-hmm. And Byrne tapped into that very effectively to improve uh, Arizona's facilities. And the boosters liked that. Right. Uh, and, and I think that played very well. Um, he was obviously much different from a personality standpoint than Live and Good. The problem with Byrne... And, and to me, the frustration is that you knew it and you had blinders on and you hoped that it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Byrne was a prototypical SEC-type athletic director. You needed to have horse blinders on to think that there, was, there weren't shenanigans going on behind the scenes and that we, were problematic. Right. And the thing that you hoped wasn't going to happen is that Byrne would build you up but Chernobyl you when he left the when he when he left the position. And it came dangerously close to being exactly that. You talked about Orlando Bradford, you talked about Elliot Pitts, you talked about some of the stuff that can happen behind the scenes depending on the athletes that you get. And to Byrne's credit, Byrne looked understood social media and worked very hard to talk to athletes about don't be a dumbass on Twitter. For sure. 100%. Okay. He worked very hard with that. What he didn't do or or, or what he also willingly did. If you're telling me uh, let's just say I'm going to have a hard time being convinced that Greg Byrne didn't know that there was crap going on with Book Richardson. And see, that's the thing that I always that I always come back with. It feels that at some point, Sean Miller was kind of running the athletic. Uh, uh, no, I don't want to say that. Uh, that Sean Miller was kind of given carte blanche to do essentially whatever he wanted. Because you and I, when Book Richardson ended up getting popped, 
you and I were not in the least bit surprised. And people got to remember, too, there's another thing that happened later on, too. Mark Phelps, who was the associate head coach, now granted, this happened a couple of years after, he got caught um, asking a high school counselor to change transcripts. So let's be honest here for a second, okay? Yeah. Now, there's a there, there's certainly a possibility that you don't know every no nuanced doubt. thing that happens with your employees. Right. Okay? But you're getting paid to do that. Right. That is one of your jobs. And if you're not doing that job well, that should be a reflection on you. And it wasn't. And he was smart enough... And, and 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 he oh boy <laughs> I got to be really careful here. I believe he has worked some networks very hard behind the scenes to try to improve his image. But he has been he he was aware of his reputation and aware of about of what was about to happen. And knew he was getting out my, at the right time my, to try to make a good my, career move, which he obviously has. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, like I said, Greg Byrne is definitely... There's a reason that Greg Byrne is an appealing athletic director for a place like Alabama because he gets the big the big picture mentality. The thing that, that always, you know, that I kind of come back to is always kind of the Elliott Pitt situation. Anybody that read the Harvey Mason letter knows... You know, obviously, we don't even need to rehash that. But the one thing that I can never get out of my head after Elliot Pitts was, you know, kicked off of, kicked out of the program is when Sean Miller and Elliot Pitts' departing presser says, we wish Elliot nothing but the best. That's a massive middle finger mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. This is a kid that just got booted out for all kinds of major violations right there. That is a, that, that can't happen. Now, I'm not blaming Greg Byrne for that. But at the same time, you also can't have a coach in that situation who's, who's, who feels uh, that essence, comfortable, who, right? Right, with what he can get away with, right? Uh, to be able to get away with that, even if he was potentially told behind the scenes to try to leave that alone, and he did it anyway, and he was still that's a the, guy that's and he was still that's a guy that has that, no fear of that what? has no fear of the management above him, right? And that's a and and and, and that's a concern, right? Uh, especially if you're confident enough in your position to potentially feel. Like, you know, if you made a good hire with Rich Rod, you can make a good hire with other folks, you know, right. in, in important positions as well. And, and he ultimately, for and, a variety of th- reasons, didn't have to do that. So, so what I think we're discovering, and, it, and, and it's interesting in the, you know, development of Arizona athletics, is that you have a guy in Dempsey, largely because it was a long time ago and Arizona didn't really have a track record of note before that, right. who moved Arizona into the modern era and is regarded in mythological terminology, right. okay? He got away with making a bad hire with Lindsay because he made a great hire with Olsen, right. okay? And then made a bunch of really good to great hires after that. So so Dempsey is on his own pedestal. Right. Then you have Livengood, who was good from a family standpoint, good from a stabilizing standpoint, not good from a booster or a sales standpoint, and not good from a facility standpoint, mm-hmm. and ultimately made the McAvick right. hire and really never recovered from right. it. Uh, so, so you can say, Livengood good that that well didn't do that so well right. burn is the same way right um they're, they're almost flip side burn is the corporate guy who was very much appreciated with his attitude uh and and uh, approach among boosters mm-hmm. but some of the stuff that he allowed to happen behind the scenes really put arizona in 
dangerous circumstances that could have been a lot worse than they ultimately turned out, potentially turned out to be. And one thing before we move on to Dave Hickey, you got to give Greg Byrne a lot of credit in, in this in this regard. Adia Barnes was an absolute A-plus home run hire. Jay Johnson was a great hire. LSU is probably the best baseball program in the country. If they're coming to poach your coach, that was a good hire right there. So his hires, in hindsight, not bad. Right. You know, absolutely. Did a lot of good stuff as far mm-hmm. as fundraising. You know, the athletic department was just kind of, it just felt like, you know, there was a lot of, there's a lot of wink, wink, nod, nod. As long as I don't know what's, I, I, I have a feeling there's stuff going on, but as long as I don't find out that there's stuff going on, that'll be okay. Right. So now let's move on. First of all, though, I want to talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And you know what's funny, by the way, outside of Cedric Dempsey, all of these athletic directors, it, it's different, but they all have real strengths and they all have yes, exactly. real weaknesses. Right. Said Dempsey is just such a, yeah. it's like talking about the Michael Jordan of athletic right. directors. Yeah. Said Dempsey is going to stack up against mm-hmm. anybody ever. But again, you know what also stacks up is the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Okay. Mike, what's the code word PHNX thing all about? That's what you put in as the code word. You put in five bucks, you get $150 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Okay, Dave Hickey, my guy. I'm going to admit I'm biased. I like Dave Hickey a great deal. I really do. Um, I think Dave has gotten a really bum rap by some uh, by some people. We'll get into that in a minute. But let's first talk about the indefensible. It's Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin is as bad a hire as you could possibly make. At the time, nobody really thought it. At the time, I think a lot of people thought, "Oh, it's gonna be that. That's a great hire you got. He's a great recruiter. You know, he won Johnny Manziel. He won enough uh-huh. at A and M, right? Um, you know, and who cares if they were eight and five? Because you got you got Alabama, you got Auburn, you got LSU. You name it. Um, I certainly had no problem with the hire. I don't think I, I don't remember really anybody that had a problem with. The yeah, hire. I know some people who had issues, with, but nevertheless, all right. Well, that's okay. Th- you know, but I, I think one of the things about that hire that was, I think, retrospectively frustrating. And it happened when Hickey was new on the job. This is my opinion. Can't prove it. I believe that there was a lot of noise from important boosters in the background who wanted Kevin Sumlin to be the coach Mm -hmm. instead of the guy who Tommy wanted to be the coach. And in hindsight, who probably, there's probably some people in the decision-making process that wanted Kenya Montalolo as well. So, but at the end of the day, so Hiki, I can't prove this, but I believe being new to the position was surprised by the backlash that a Tomi connection had. Because when you come into the football program, you hear about Desert Swarm, you hear about Tomi. But the reality is that Tommy was an extraordinarily polarizing football figure. You just don't know, don't know that if you happen to live in Tucson. It's one of those things where if you're outside and you hear of Dick Tommy and you're a football guy, you say, ah, Dick Tommy was a damn good coach. Right. What? Wait, Tucson didn't like him? Right. You know, it was very much a Tucson polarization thing. And, and, and I think a lot of people who weren't around that dynamic were surprised when they find out that there was so much polarization around Tommy, who from the outside they view as, holy crap, that guy could succeed here. That was a great coach. What are you talking about? Uh, so, so, so when I'm guessing, this is, again, my speculation. I can't prove it. Hickey was maybe blindsided by that a little bit. 
and worked on going in a different direction, and Sumlin was a more appealing name uh, than the direction that Arizona was discussing going at as far as a football program was concerned. And I can't prove it. It's only speculation. I have a feeling Hickey was disappointed that he didn't listen to his own instincts when he hired someone and was much more instinctive and felt that he was going to approach the next hire a little bit differently and felt a little bit more confident about his own abilities in that position. All right. So we talked about it. At the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, you can't really – he still signed off on the hire, whatever. Yeah. We're about to give him credit on other stuff, and I've talked with Dave – Dave takes full credit for the Kevin Sumlin. Which you have to do. It's his hire. It's it's your hire. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what I like about Dave. Dave also didn't... Dave. I, you know, I consider myself friends with Dave. Can I consider... No, You know what? It's your podcast. You do whatever you want. I'll call him Hiki. You You gotta remember, though. (laughs) Hiki comes in at a time, though, also, where most athletic directors trying to get their feet wet. He's having to put out fires left and right. You got basketball. You got I'm not sure he had any idea coming into this program how bad it was about to be. And honestly, let's be honest. I don't think any any athletic director would be. Let's be honest. So, Dave Hiki then takes over, and... You've got a basketball program that's about to implode right there. What I liked about Dave Hickey from day one is that he didn't listen into he didn't listen to all the people that said, "Oh, you you haven't been strong enough supporting Sean Miller." What do you mean? I held a press conference. I said I support Sean Miller. We put out a statement. We're not going to address every single thing that comes down the pike. I like that a great deal because it would have been very easy to just suck up to Sean Miller. He didn't do that, nor should he have done that. Yeah, I agree with that. I give him a lot of credit on that. You're still trying to navigate the situation, and 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 especially after the monstrosity of the ESPN article. Right. You know, where where that, that, that looks damning, and then it turns out that, wow, there's a lot of misinformation in this. Mm-hmm. There's some poor reporting in this. So it's smart and it's prudent to try to get as much information as you possibly can in a do-something-right-now world. It's understandable that everybody wants action now. Right. But Hickey was smart to let that weather the storm a little bit and try to get the information uh, that... You know, he wanted to. I think you could favorably argue that maybe he waited too long, and it looks a little bit silly when they waited for some official NCAA information sanction to finally make a decision. Yeah, but I when can they also, knew that in advance. But, but I'm gonna also I'm gonna also stick up for him there a little bit, being that you also had if you're the I, I think it's much I think it's more a little bit more difficult than maybe you do that um, to bring in a coach who has no clue what the severity of the sanctions are. Especially a guy like a Tommy Lloyd, who, Tommy Lloyd's not looking to leave Gonzaga. He's going to be the successor. Uh, to, it's already been announced. And Mark Few is the guy that, I don't think anybody would be shocked if he ever pulled a Jay Wright and just said, you know what, it's been an awesome run. That could absolutely Few's, happen. So again, mm-hmm. again, I don't, so yeah. Tommy Lloyd's not looking to leave. But, you know, so, but either way, you get Tommy Lloyd, you bring in, there's two things that I've noticed about Dave Hickey that I that I I think he learns from his mistakes. You re- look, let's look at Tommy Lloyd for a second. At the end of the day, and I'm just speaking for myself, I don't have direct. People were worn down by the Sean Miller era. Yeah. They just were. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah. First of all, the product on the uh, court started to suck, and on top of that, it just everybody was just kind of worn down. And Sean Miller still was kind of the, you know, he he ran a very tight ship, to put it mildly, where you look at Tommy Lloyd, he's having fun, 
he's having a you know he's running an aesthetically pleasing style i still go back to the christian coloco quote which i don't think got enough run which it should have when they asked about what the difference from last year to this year was and he said we love on him he said not everybody handles it the same way i think a lot of people could learn from that this is i think going to be an issue as a quick aside depending on where coloco is drafted i think that's going to be a very important thing for his success in the nba as well sorry no doubt and then you look at jed fish i have no clue if jed fish can coach i really don't Jed Fish, though, I can tell you this. Jed Fish, unlike Kevin Sumlin, wants to be here. That is a huge thing when it comes to Arizona football. You have to want to be here. You have to want because there's not— And for a guy who's gone to 14 places or whatever the number is yeah. and basically lasts a year at every job, that's an astounding yes. epiphany. But you can tell he—and uh, I've talked to a number of recruits on here, and they all say the same thing. This guy outworks everybody. He wants—so you know what? Again— no clue if he could coach. He could be Vince Lombardi. He could be, well, could be Kevin Sumlin. Who knows? But he's going to put in the legwork. He's he's the alumni all love him. He's done all that all that. So again, he's kind of the antithesis of Kevin Sumlin right there. Tommy Lloyd is as well when it comes to Sean Miller. So, but here's the thing: they're so far good antitheses as opposed to live and good hiring Makovic who overcompensated for what Tony For sure, was. yes, exactly. I think you looked at, you appraised the situation, and you said, okay, we got to go in a different direction here. What I also really like about him, too, is that you look at this stuff off the field, and again, you're still hired to make winning decisions. I get that. You haven't heard about any trouble. You also have, I mean, Book Richardson, I don't count as being <laughs> Book a hinky thing. Yeah, Book no. Richardson is entrenched by your Mark Phelps is entrenched. Right. I'm not right. I'm not blaming Dave Heakey. Those are Heakey inheritance issues. They're not Heakey oversight yeah, issues. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Heakey and then on top of that, you've got the highest GPA. You got a three point two. They hadn't broken a three point until twenty eighteen. And you haven't really you just haven't heard about anything. And on top of that too, Dave isn't the guy that has Dave Dave Heakey is not the guy that has to tell you that he's great or he doesn't you know what he's just going to go to work and if you think he's not good cool but you know what he's going to keep going to work there's a wholesomeness factor to Dave Heakey. Greg Byrne was a self-promoter live and good and Heakey are sort of more in the same and they're different see because Heakey Heakey looks to me like and this is how he comes off Heakey's not a self-promoter right in my interpretation the issue with Hiki when I see him is he looks like a frat boy bro, mm-hmm. you know, who's now 50. Right. You know, and, and you know, he'd be, he'd be you know, a, 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 a financial advisor if he wasn't an athletic director. But you know what and he he's would, hanging out with guys at the golf course. And but it, you know what he would it, be, though, too? He would also be the guy that would be at the top of the phone list if you blew a tire. Okay. I mean, that's okay. just... You know him, I don't. Right. I'll take... And, and, all, I'm, and all I'm doing is saying... I'm not necessarily... Because I'm 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 working in a roundabout way to a compliment here. Oh, I know. Based that. on based on the way that I I perceive him, mm-hmm. uh, versus and and I think that perception played a role, you know, and maybe I'm misinterpreting this, in a belief that he was really over his head and wasn't as qualified ultimately for burn for this job, and then got completely overwhelmed, made a disastrous Sumlin hire, and was just going to run Arizona off the cliff. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened. Right. And if you want to believe in the potential of what ifs, as the years progress, and again, we don't know because the years haven't progressed here yet, 
if Tommy Lloyd is here for a while and has Arizona as a major national power for an extended period of time in men's basketball, and if Jed Fish is successful and has Arizona legitimately competitive in football, you have to look back at what Dave Hickey did and view it as one of the remarkable administrative accomplishments possibly in the history of this school. Right. Because you have to consider where this athletic program was and where it could have been. Greg Byrne almost Chernobyled Arizona athletics. I don't know if Greg Byrne is going to listen to the DraftKings podcast. I don't know if Greg Byrne knows who I am. I don't really give a crap. It is my opinion that while he did some really good things at Arizona and does some very good things clearly at Alabama and has made some good hires because Greg Byrne can hire very well and bring in money very well. Greg Byrne played a major role in almost Chernobyling Arizona athletics and left it to Dave Hickey to pick up the mess. And so far, Hickey has done a remarkable job doing just that. When you look at all, you know what's, you know what's interesting about the Arizona athletic directors? When you just look at him, and I'm going to, the thing that I'm going to say about Byrne is, listen, um, like I said, a lot of a lot of off the field, a lot of off the court stuff happened. There's no doubt about it. We we just went into that. The end of the day, too. You also got to look at it and you say he made a lot. He made three really he, well, two awesome hires. He made a decent hire in football, and he had a great. You know, here here's what I'm going to say about Greg Byrne. I think Greg Byrne, as weird as this is to say, was needed at the time he came. Yeah, in. I think that's fair. I think that's spot on. Yes. So. All of these athletic directors, in mm-hmm. a weird way, yeah. I think were needed when they came in. Benefited because, the university, even though they had flaws. Right, because Jim, Jim Wyvin... And Hickey, and, and, and we can't overstate Hickey in this regard. And I know you're the Hickey guy, and I'm pumping him up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> game recognized game there, Consider, I, I mean, in all seriousness, consider just, what, a year or two years ago how bad Arizona athletics was and how in danger it was. Right of being in severe trouble. Right. Miller is going to deal with sanctions, and the Miller era, it's going to be very difficult to believe that he's going to be able to rebound, legitimately rebound for that. And, and if Arizona loses a good basketball program, in addition to having a disastrous football program with sanctions hanging over it, you're going to have you're 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 looking at a lot of uh, a significant rebuild with a lot of people who maybe don't want to come here, mm-hmm. and and the ability of Hiki to level this off is is potentially an absolutely remarkable undervalued accomplishment because he isn't a self-promoting guy. But also, isn't that also kind of what you needed at the time? Though? Yeah. Oh well, clearly. <laughs> I mean, clearly. But you know what? You know what's amazing to me. And, and again, the verdict's out. You, no, you know, the course. jury's still out. But but, but I'm going to go on record right now, and I could be, turn out to be an idiot. It feels good right now, feels, doesn't it? it versus feels, two years it ago, it feels good. On top of that, too, you said from day one, you were the only one that I knew that said. Oh, this Tommy Lloyd, this is a home run hire. Are you kidding me right here? Tommy Lloyd, I'll, before we sign off here, I would be very surprised if in three years we're not talking about, man, we got to, this guy's got to be our coach for the next 20 years. Whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. I would be very surprised. Tommy Lloyd gets it. There are certain people you look at and they just kind of get it. I think Tommy Lloyd gets it. I think Tommy Lloyd knows, and I always use this quote, and I like the Bill, this is one of my favorite quotes when it comes to coaching from Bill Parcells, and I've used this before. When he was asked, 
Why are you so much harder on uh, Phil Simms than you are Lawrence Taylor? Well, because if I scream at Lawrence Taylor, I don't know if he's going to show up the next day. I don't know. Lawrence Taylor can be on his Coke binge or whatever. He's going (laughs) to still show up, and he's going to be the best defensive player in the league. I don't have to worry about Lawrence Taylor. Phil Simms, who I have a lot of respect for, quoting Parcells, gets a big head. I've got to stay on him about that. Coaching is so much about knowing who you need to ride, who you need to get on, and I think Lloyd gets that. And Lloyd's not some, you know, he's not some wallflower that's scared to, you know, get in somebody's face if he needs to. So, again, I look at the Lloyd hire, and that, let's be honest, that's the hire that matters here. Yes. Again, Jed Fish mm-hmm. matters. Tommy Lloyd really matters right there. And I would be surprised if he wasn't a... And one of the things I feel a little bit better about with Lloyd versus Miller to some degree, and I'm really curious to see how Miller works out at Xavier, is that it's it's the much simpler version of adapt or die. Mm-hmm. Okay? There are clearly changes taking place in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, and one of those changes is something that Lloyd is on the front line of the importance of cultivating international talent, uh, having those contacts, and being able to convince them that it's a good idea to come here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lloyd is at the front line of that, so you can get really, you can get very talented uh, foreign players to come to this university and play for him because he has a comfort level with that. The other thing is offense, which is appealing, and analytics involved in the offensive approach. Mm -hmm. And I think Few and Lloyd are very good at that, and they play, as a result, they play a style that is relatively unique in college basketball. For sure. uh, and that, I think, that I think uh, is, is something that gets the attention of a lot of kids as well and makes Arizona a destination spot. And so if you can do a good job enhancing in-state talent and remain on the front lines uh, with your foreign talent, you're going to be able to continue to, with the revolving door that is a lot of college basketball today, staying on top. Lloyd has an opportunity, I think, to stay on top of that better than a lot of other coaches do, and that's good news for Arizona. He's John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for listening to 33 minutes, actually about <laughs> 55 minutes of uh, this. Uh, you guys all have a great uh, the rest of your weekend. I'm, I'm Mike Luke. He's John Schuster. That's true. Both of those things are true. Okay.